Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. And welcome to episode 227 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... Ross, how are you doing? <laughs> hey Dave, that was amazing. It's like you'd had it already and prepared before we started. Yeah, yeah, things. not that I forgot to open the app to play your jingle at all before we came on. But yeah. How are you? I'm very well, how are you? Yeah, yeah, terrific, thanks. Um, let's get straight into it. So uh, Dave, you wear glasses, right? I do, I have two pairs of glasses because I'm old and going blind. Yeah, <laughs> here's what I got. I'm young and can see great, so I don't need glasses, but someone sent me, um, someone from work recommended I have a pair of blue light glasses oh right um, okay yeah whether you think this is a swizz or not they're meant to block blue light which means that um your eyes get less tired when you're looking at screens all day like i know we are yes. um and i've been wearing them for a few months now and they, they're terrific they i think i think they stop my eye strain and if they don't then it's a great placebo and everything's fine <laughs> i'm perfectly okay with this being a big placebo yeah but i thought i'd just say that they work for me so they might work for you if you're listening okay that's that's useful yeah i mean you can get um when you do wear glasses permanently like i have to because i'm old and blind um <laughs> yeah you can get um special tints that they actually put on if you are looking at screens all day you can get tints that that are supposed to help with eye strain as well mm-hmm. if you're looking at screens all the time if so, you're um young and have good vision like me uh you can just buy they're like 20 quid or something you can just buy a pair they're great that's good cool um, so they have assisted me this week because I've been reading comics. I've been reading comics again, Dave. I had oh, cool. um, Marvel Unlimited for the longest time. You know, Marvel have that like app that where yeah, you have, yeah. like, all sorts of stuff. And it was fine. Um, I think it's like uh, £30 a year or something like that. It's really cheap That's and they've got great loads value. of good stuff. Yeah. But I was craving something a bit uh, newer. So I've been on Comixology, which is great, um, and bought Spider-Man Life Story, which is, uh, I think only just maybe came out in July, the, the graphic novel, because of course they come out as a serial, right, over the yeah, month. Yeah, yeah. And then the graphic novel will come out a few months after that. This is written by Chip Zdarsky, who's a, a Canadian writer of some of my favorite Howard the Duck and, and um, right. Guardians of the Galaxy and some some really funny stuff. Um, and Spider-Man Life Story tells the story of Spider-Man from, I think it's 1962 when he started, something like that, wow. through to the present day. And rather than it being what Spider-Man is, which is a series about a man who's never ages past like 25 or whatever. Um, <laughs> it, he starts at, at 15, I think. And then it carries on his life to now as if he had aged properly. Um, <laughs> while, while still hitting all the story beats of Secret Wars is in there and Civil War is in there and, and some big Spider-Man, um, like Clone Saga stuff is in there. And the, there's a lot of major Spider-Man story beats, but it's it's 
they're sort of augmented and told in a slightly different way to feed into one big narrative. And, um, and it's a really good read. Like it's a re- as if you know uh, bits about Spider-Man or, you know, a lot about Spider-Man, I think it's a really good thing to go through because you keep wondering if you know the beats because you've read a lot of Spider-Man, you, you see a character turn up or you see something happen. You're like, Oh, this could lead a certain way. And it, yeah. it um, it's really, uh, it's really well put together. Really well put together. That's a really <laughs> fascinating idea. I might have to go and pick up a copy of that. that it really awesome. is. So as, as an example, I mean, this is like right at the start, the sort of seeds of civil war are sown in the sixties because Iron Man manufactures weapons for the U S yeah. government and Captain America. Th- there's this big Spider-Man has this big internal conflict of should I go fight in Vietnam? Because I, it's a responsibility I have, or do I stay here and keep doing what I'm doing? and 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 that sort of sows the seeds of 40 years later right <laughs> civil war happens around the time it happened in the comics you know for mm. us um and it's it's a really interesting read it's it's really well put together as i say so yeah definitely worth a go i will go and pick up a copy of that that sounds and really good it, i think it's only four um 60s 70s 80s 90s maybe it's five issues but yeah um you can get the graphic novel for about a, a 10 to 15 i think on comiXology and chip zadarsky's great basically as well yeah. just anything he's written is terrific uh next tv i think you've watched this as well dave living with yourself on Netflix. i have yes the paul red series where paul um, red plays opposite paul red yes <laughs> yeah I've heard people aren't crazy about Ant-Man, but Paul Rudd is one of my favorite things about the MCU. Yes. Um, I think he's terrific in basically everything he does. And this, this is no exception. This is amazing. Um, yeah. So it's sort of, I don't know how much to give away, Dave. How much do you think is fair to give away? Uh, we've talked a little bit about it on the show before. And yeah, yeah I mean, the the basic premise of it is the fact that it's, he goes, he's a guy down on his luck. This guy at work recommends this spa facility he goes to. He goes to the spa facility and then finds himself waking up in a grave. And it turns mm-hmm. out that this spa facility didn't like improve his life. It basically cloned him and he was supposed to kill the original and it didn't because something went wrong in the process so so he ends up with two of him that's yeah uh, and one's yeah. much better than the other is, is yeah. the and he point. goes and he goes home to his wife who's played by ashling b and she's really terrific yes. in the whole thing and there's this whole complication of like if we're going to coexist how does that happen or if we're going to kill each other how does that happen and yeah. um it's really interesting and it's really good portrayal as well like you wouldn't think anything could make paul rudd look disheveled and grumpy <laughs> <laughs> um, he does that in a really good way and the the positive side as well he does in a really good way I think yeah. it's a good two good performances by one person yeah <laughs> you do really forget that it is like one person playing two completely different parts yeah. and so. yeah it's it's seamless there is I mean it's not a spoiler to say there's like a there's a uh, they fight each other and they're, they're yeah. quite close and they touch each other a lot and it's it's quite you don't I, you like you say you lose the idea that it's uh, yeah. mirrors or CGI or whatever it is and you just feel like um like there's two Paul Rudds, which everybody yeah. wants, really. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so another thing I've been watching, I think I'm, I'm only one episode into this. So Living With Yourself, I finished and is really good all the way to the end. Yeah. Um, Silicon Valley, I've watched, I think I watched the first episode and I haven't got any further with it. But um, as soon as you get back into it, you feel like you're home again and you, you know yeah. all the characters and they're still doing 
bad things for okay-ish reasons. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that show because it's a great example of people failing upwards. Yes, know? yeah, they're um, still making really silly decisions, but um, yeah. yeah, turning out sort of okay. So. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and the whole thing is, is sort of taking the idea of, you know, they started out with these very noble goals and it's slowly getting corrupted as the yeah. more money gets involved and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but th- there's a scene in the first episode that's quite, I guess, close to uh, my mind, close to my heart rather, that where he, he's in a in a in a hearing with people from yes. Google and Facebook talking about the fact that these people are taking your data. It's not that you've given them your, their data; they're your taking data, it, yeah. they're taking it anyway. And he's talking about how they don't do things like that. Like decentralized internet will solve that. Yes, and um, maybe one day it will, Dave, and that'll be all good. Um, but it's a really interesting premise to watch. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. It's really, really good. Um, I, I'm, I know this is the final season of it, and I, yeah. I'm really interested to see where they all end up at the end of it. Whether they all end up getting locked up for something, or, <laughs> or whether they're going to get away with it, or, or you know, how how they're going to kind of bring it all yeah. around. So yes, it's it's really fascinating. I, I just and it's hilarious. It's such mm. a good show. So uh, yes, I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of that. Definitely. What about you? What have you been uh, watching, reading, doing? Well, um, we're actually recording this on on the Tuesday that we release mm-hmm. it, which isn't usually the case. We usually record on a Monday. And the reason for that is because I was in London on a set visit yesterday. It was... Now, I signed an NDA, so although <laughs> I didn't actually read the NDA. I just... They shoved it in front of me and I signed it. I, but I think I'm Good. okay saying that I was on a set visit for a show called Dead Pixels, which, uh, because it's on its second season, we know it's the second season coming and they are shooting it right now. And we know it is coming out next year, so... I, I, I'm okay saying that. I obviously can't tell you anything that we yeah, we spoke to some of the guys, we spoke to the actors, we spoke to the writer. I, I can't say anything more than that or anything about the show because that's all under embargo until closer to the transmission date. But um yeah, I'm I love the first season of that. So that's the uh the show about gamers and it's written by John Brown, who is a gamer himself and a full blown proper geek. So he kind of knows what he's doing and it's about these two people that share a flat and they they're obsessed with this world of warcraft style game and how their life kind of revolves around it and mm. sort of real life getting in the way and stuff but it's a very very funny comedy and i'm very much looking forward to the second season of it because i love the was, first season it was on e4 right so they, they should be available is that right yes it's on e4 it is all up on all four you can go Great. and watch it all on all four if you want to catch the first season of that it's called dead pixels uh in in other things really it was it it's just been carrying on with uh, the Apple TV Plus shows. Mm. Uh, so the morning show for all mankind, they've started dropping the next episodes because they, they put three up to start off with. So you can binge way, th- you way through the first three. And then on Fridays, they're releasing the next episode. So there's now four episodes of, of the shows that have already been released. Plus they're releasing new shows sort of every month, every few weeks. So uh, morning show for all mankind. I'm on episode four of those still very much enjoying those shows. The morning show is getting more and more interesting as you get into it because this is about one of those US morning shows yeah. uh, evolving around the female anchor played by Jennifer Aniston and the effect that a, a Me Too accusation of her co-host of 14 years played by Steve Carell it, it's kind of how that 
affects her, the show, and, and also kind of digs into quite a lot of the Me Too stuff of, of the various accusations of, of you know, there are certain things of, that have happened as part of that movement and whether they were right or whether they were wrong. And so it's kind of dissecting the whole thing and it's really well done and it's also very funny. So they're walking a very interesting line, but I'm yeah. really enjoying it. Um, but I, th- I think they're doing a superb job with that. Uh, for all mankind, uh, this is the art history thing about what would have happened if Russia had beat the Americans to the moon is the basic premise of that. And as much as I'm enjoying that, it's great. The, the more you get into it, the more you kind of think, I would have liked this to have jumped forward a little bit further in time. Right. I, I almost want one episode that is sort of set right at the very beginning. So you get the established setup. I could have then stood for each episode maybe jumping forward five years mm. so you get to see you want to see some more long-term yeah, effects i, I want to see where they're actually going to end up with it and i mean obviously that will come as the seasons go on assuming they make more seasons of it but uh you sort of i i want to see like you know where are they going to end up when they get to kind of the shuttle level or you mm. know what are they going to go with so i'm enjoying it but i i sort of it's a little bit slow to start off with and and i'm i could do with it moving forward a bit quicker see i've finally got around to watching the next couple of episodes of that i'm still a little bit behind on c uh the first couple of episodes of that are a little bit slow because there is a lot of world building with that because mm-hmm. the you know the premise of this is it's a far-flung future uh it's a sort of post-apocalyptic thing where a virus has taken the sight of basically every human alive yeah. to the point that the humans no longer believe sight ever was a thing and if you talk about sight, you're seen as a heretic. Mm. And then these kids come along, adopted children of of Jason Momoa, who's the lead character, who's the chieftain of this village, and they can both see. So it's sort of how that affects the world and you know them moving forward and how they're trying to sort of having to hide it yeah. and it's a really interesting premise and the first couple of episodes there is a lot of world building it gets a little bit slow by the time you get to the third episode you start off by seeing in the first episode the kids born and by the time they're at the third episode, they are 17 years old. Right, so, so it jumps like you like death. Yeah, it, <laughs> jump, it jumps quite away with that. And that's when it starts to get a little bit more interesting because the kids mm. are actually out in the world doing things. It's just fascinating how they've kind of thought about, you know, well, how do they communicate? How are they mm. passing messages to each other? What do they think the world is around them? Because there is obviously relics of things like cars and old buildings and, you know, big structures. And what do they think? this world was they don't understand the concept of something like a book because unless it's a braille book why would you so yeah, sure there's a lot of that that they're dealing with in it but i'm i'm really enjoying that world and i want to see a bit more of that that's from stephen knight the guy behind piggy blinders hmm. um so yes that's really good jack ryan season two finish that now um that's was great i really enjoyed that um as we said with matt last week not maybe quite as good as season one but i think still a very very solid series and well worth going to watch is more kind of jack ryan doing jack ryan things really so 
we were on the cusp of going to start that the other day, Dave, because we've sort of come to the end of things to watch now. Um, would you recommend it? We'd start oh, season yeah. one. Yeah, oh, yes, definitely. Definitely watch it. It's uh, I, Matt sort of says it fills a bit of a 24 hole for him, mm, you know. Right. Um, and so if you like those sort of kind of thriller things, sure. uh, definitely, definitely worth watching. But I really enjoy that. And John Krasinski's fabulous in it. So definitely worth watching. Gaming wise, I've finished The Outer Worlds which is the RPG game. Uh, I've been playing through that. A really lovely, little bit shorter than maybe I would like. It's, yeah. you know, it, it's sort of got the feel of some of those older RPGs. It's not as big and expansive as something like Fallout 4, but it is a lovely crafted world. And it's this sort of, um, you're, you're in this galaxy, which is being taken over by corporations. So everything is sponsored by these big corporations and it's just bombarded with with like advertising everywhere and stuff. Mm. But um, I really enjoyed that. It's well worth going to play. Do you find that now you're at the other end, do you have like replay incentive? Do you want to find out what happened if you went different ways or is it like a, or are you sort of pretty finished with it? Um, I, it's one of those that what I tend to do with these sort of games is I will wait until they've released a whole bunch of DLC for it, Mm, which I don't know if they're going to do, but I will wait until and see if they release some DLC for it. If they do, I'll leave it until after that and then make you go through and play it again i think um but it is it is a world i would like to see more of and i hope they do you know either a second game or just expand that one and i yeah. i would like maybe a little bit more freedom to wander around i mean there it is relatively free it is sort of open world i mean it is but it's just not a very big open world so uh yeah but it, it's it's great and it's from obsidian who are the original creators of fallout um and it's it's just a little bit smaller than maybe you want but still great and uh planet zoo the uh, zoo management game has been released. So that is my current obsession. I back building stuff in Planet Zoo. So I will have a Geek Town Zoo built at some point <laughs> in the near future. So that's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com So TV and film news this week kick off with renewals, cancellations and pickups as ever. Uh, One thing, not cancelled, but ending fresh off the boat is going to come to an end with its current sixth season. Um, I know this has been bouncing around on UK channels a little bit. I think it was on five USA, I think, have been airing it, but whether we'll see the latest season. It's on Amazon as well. Yeah, it's on Amazon and Amazon certainly had the premiere for the fourth season. So I suspect suspect we may get them premiering the next couple of seasons as well mayans mc has been renewed for a third season although without show creator kirk sutter because you may have seen some news about this so he basically he he described himself as ruffling some mouse ears uh, because it's obviously uh, on fx which is now owned by disney and it seemed that he upset some of the disney execs 
Um, so it seems to have got forced out although to be fair he was kind of handing the series off to his co-creator anyway it's more the fact that they tried to say that he'd upset some of the production staff and these are people that have been with him since sons of anarchy and he was like that's complete rubbish and i'm not so much upset about them pushing me out of the show because i was kind of leaving anyway Mm. i'm more upset about the accusations that they hurled at me and and you know so he there are there is more stuff around on the internet if you want to read a bit more background about that but uh yes so he, he's back and anyway my mind's mc is coming back for a third season um netflix have renewed the ryan murphy series the politician for a second season i i watched a couple of episodes of that which it was quite enjoyable i just haven't got around to watching any more of it yet and titans it's been revealed has been renewed for a third season uh we still haven't seen the second season yet it looks like it is coming to netflix because netflix have a thing saying uh it's confirmed uh, second season coming soon or something like that as a tagline if you go and look it up in netflix so um it looks like the second season is going to come onto there the earliest they can air it is mid december because that's when it finishes its run in the u.s whether it will be then or whether it'll be early next year i don't know they haven't announced a date yet but it is season two is going to be coming onto netflix as far as i can tell that's got a, they've got a lot of time between now and then to decide to tank their streaming service, Dave. <laughs> so, yes, um, then we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> National Geographic has set a March 2020 worldwide premiere date for Cosmos Possible Worlds, which was a brilliant science program that they uh, put out with uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's the guy that fronts it. The, the, one of the few well-known scientists out there in the world. <laughs> it's this show which investigates lots of different science ideas with a mixture of live action actors and animation and bits to camera um the first season well to be fair the first season of it was by carl sagan and done in the 70s they then did an update of it i think it was in 2014 which was superb and it's seth mcfarlane is one of the people behind it as well he's one of the exec producers and creates some of the animated stuff for it um so it's a, it's a really interesting mix of people and they've got some great people like patrick stewart doing voices and things and doing live action pieces for it so uh, it's well worth watching but that's called cosmos possible worlds that's in uh, march 2020 that's arriving on national geographic uh, rick and morty season four that is coming to uh, well actually d4 it's coming through now originally they announced that it was going to come to channel four in january 2020 they then had a huge backlash over that because it is released i think yesterday i think it came out yeah, in the I think US. So. Um, and they were like really January you're gonna (laughs) leave it until January and uh, they came back and said actually we've heard you we're going to air it on E4 on Wednesday the 20th of November instead so it's still 10 days behind but at least it's not as bad as it was what's slightly annoying by that is they have all four why aren't you dropping it next day (laughs) on all four that would seem like the logical thing to do but anyway so yes it is at least coming in november and it is going to be a few days behind and i get why you don't want to schedule it onto a channel for 10 days because you know it, the schedule's gone out and you know schedules are done two weeks in advance maybe you don't want to mess around with that but you could drop it next day on all four why aren't you mm. doing that would for be sure but anyway at least it's coming in november now that's something 
You has also got an air date as well. That is the psychological thriller from Netflix. The first season of this was wonderful and really weird. good. Yeah, really, really good. Uh, yeah, the, the Netflix are working incredibly hard not to get you to move from your sofa over Christmas. Because, They're doing a great job. <laughs> yeah, because they've got Witcher coming out. That's just before Christmas. You've got Lost in Space, I think, comes out. Christmas Eve, I think, Lost in Space is dropping. And then Boxing Day, you've got the season two of You coming out. So that's going to be on the 26th of December. That gets a worldwide release. I'm very much looking forward to that. I thought the first season was just fantastic. Um, and Amazon has picked up two seasons of a animated series from the guys at Critical Role. Are you aware of Critical Role? <laughs> Ashamed to say I am, Dave. Very good. aware of Critical Role. Good, In fact, um, yeah, I'll let you do this and then I'll tell you something interesting after that. Right, yeah. Um, Critical Role, if you're not aware of them, it's it's essentially a live stream D&D game that they stream onto Twitch and uh, they have have you know a whole world that they've created with various different characters and stuff which is and and uh it's got a huge huge following there was huge controversy was it last year i think because the critical role guys turned up to, at mcm and they booked them onto the one stage and then realized that they weren't going to have enough space so they had to move them onto the main stage and they were still not enough space and people weren't moving from their seats from the panel before and stuff and yeah. uh very very upset and angry crit fans out there so uh yes it is a huge huge phenomenon critical role but there is an animated series which they actually put onto kickstarter originally and it got like funded within like minutes or hours or something (laughs) when they put it onto kickstarter uh so critical role the legend of vox machina is the series amazon have picked it up for two seasons amazon of course own twitch as well so they're starting taking stuff that is popular on twitch and kind of sticking it onto the main amazon channel it's it's about a group of second-rate drunk and adventurers on their quest to save the realm from terrifying monsters dark magical forces only to discover they have become a family in the process that's the uh, pitch line for it but it's an adult animated action comedy it's described as it's an animated series so um yes i I will probably watch that it sounds like it's going to be quite good fun yeah definitely um for those who are interested in uh more they have a a comic a graphic novel done by or drawn by someone called uh babs tar who's done a lot of uh really great work on Batgirl and um, Miss Marvel in the past as well. Right, okay. um, so yeah, it's really good. Um, I think it's called Vox Machina Origins um, right. is the graphic novel. So you can find that out there. Okay. Yes. That's So there's that as well. That you can go and check out. But uh, yeah, it's, I, I'm looking forward to that. That is coming. Don't know exactly when they've just said that. I mean, it's, an, it's animated. I know they've made, I think, or they're in the process of making some episodes at the moment. I'm not sure whether they're out yet or not, but from the Kickstarter starter so uh, but yes two seasons of that they've ordered that's something to watch out for on to the bigger news uh the bigger news this week being that disney plus has a uk launch date <laughs> finally <laughs> It is in March 2020, which, which yes. Uh, so that that's slightly disappointed to some people, given that it is literally just launched in the US. But at least we know that it is definitely coming, and it has got a date. Uh, 31st of March, it is launching. There are a few questions that people may have. Firstly, uh, there is a streaming service already called Disney Life. What's happening with that? Basically, it's going to get shut down and rebranded into Disney Plus. So anybody, if you've got a Disney Life subscription, at some point, before 
March and this launch, you will get folded into having a Disney Plus subscription. So they're, they're going to convert everybody across from one to the other. So that's what is happening with Disney Life. In terms of what's going to be on on launch, we don't know exactly. We only know the stuff that's on the US launch, which is The Mandalorian, the horrendously named high school musical, the musical, the series. Uh, so that's going to be on there. There's a Forky asks, asks a question, which is the character from Toy Story. He's got a series on there. There's other things coming up in the future, like Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, you've got The World According to Jeff Goldblum on there, which I'm so looking forward to. Yeah. Um, the Simpsons, I think, is on there. I've seen some people um, talking about The Simpsons. Yes. Right now, it is on the US. We don't yeah. know whether it's going to be on the UK version, but it is definitely on the US version. Um, somebody did ask that actually on the site and said, what's happening with The Simpsons? It's quite possible that the first run rights may stick with Sky and mm. th- it means that maybe the second run rights end up on Disney Plus or maybe it'll air on both or I don't know. Um, so we don't know exactly what is happening with that. Interestingly, there was a report out today from the guys at Disney, uh, an interview, which said that they're looking into acquisitions as well. One of the reasons for this delay is the fact that things like uh, some of the Marvel movies are already under contract to Sky and they need to wait for those contracts to end before they can move things across. Mm. So that seems to be part of the reason for the delay. But they are also saying that they may be looking into picking up some acquisition stuff as well. So it may be that you see non-Disney stuff airing on there. I don't know Dis- what that'll be, but... Disney Geek Town, Dave. <laughs> no, well, if, yes, if I if I had a TV show, then yes, maybe. But um, <laughs> yeah, you, you might see some other properties from other places airing on there, but we don't know what. But they thought that was interesting that they say they may yeah. be doing uh, acquisitions on there. I uh, don't know how much it will cost at the moment. It's six ninety nine a month or sixty nine ninety nine for a year. So you get a slight discount if you pay for a year up front in the US. So I guess similar price over here, maybe six ninety nine in the UK, which isn't exactly fair, yeah. but you know, it's probably going to end up being something similar, I would say. Yeah, you've got things like uh, the animated Marvel What If series, Diary of a Female President is another show they've got coming up. There's Falcon- loads of Marvel stuff, isn't there, yeah, coming yeah. up soon? Yeah, I mean, Falcon Winter Soldier, Loki, all those sort of things. But in year one, Falcon and Winter Soldier is the first thing to come up. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't know when that's going to launch. It's some people saying it was later in the year. I do wonder whether they might try and bump that forward a little bit so they've got something big to launch in Europe with. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Yeah, that would make sense. Because obviously the Mandalorian's the big show that they've launched in the US with, much to the annoyance of people that they, <laughs> they can't actually air that, you know, they've not aired that outside. Do you know if um, in the US it's weekly or if they've done the whole thing? It's weekly. So, I mean, in actual fact, by the time the whole thing has come out, it's going to be, what, mid-January probably? And then we're getting this... we only have two months to wait. Yeah, then you have only got two months to wait. So, I mean, yes, it sucks. What is slightly disappointing, because obviously people that want to see The Mandalorian now are just going to go and pirate it. Don't do it, kids. Uh, (laughs) But what they could do with The Mandalorian is dump it on Disney Life. Yeah, yeah. Because they do have a streaming service at the moment. You could dump it on Disney Life just to stop people pirating it and give them at least, I mean, some people still will because they don't want to pay the money, but at least give them a legitimate outlet where you could go and pay to get it. Yeah. Well, I I guess, yeah, it's difficult. They could sell it. I was thinking they could sell it somewhere, even like on iTunes or something, but then you're locked into contracts and things. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem. 
So you can't really do that, unfortunately. I mean, I understand them not wanting to sell it or somewhere else, but you could at least drop it onto Disney Life and and yeah. put it up there and have people subscribe to that and then transfer them over onto Disney Plus. But they're not doing that. So, you know. <laughs> so it's no good anyway. Yeah, so uh, as we said at the beginning, their people are just going to end up pirating it if they want it. But I'm happy to wait. I've got uh, so much. Dave. No, I've got so much other stuff to watch at the moment. I mean, much as I do want to see it, I, there's enough other things going on right now that I... You know, I don't desperately need to see it right away. Sure. Moving on to other th- announcements this week, stars are apparently developing a Weeds revival with Mary Louise Parker in the lead, who was the lead in the original show. So although it's it's not like a remake, it is a revival of the original series by the sounds of it. Uh, did you watch any of Weeds? Uh, no. Sell it to me. So the show was about a uh, housewife who was widowed and when her son dies, she finds money is very tight. She has two young boys. So begins selling marijuana to support her family. That's the basic premise of it. Oh, I Um, think I've heard of this. Carry on. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, the new season is going to continue the story of the Botwin family, uh, picking up 10 years after we last saw them. But you're now in a slightly different situation in America because quite a lot of places in America have legalized marijuana. So they're going to kind of rope that in as well. So I think that that could be an interesting take on it to see whether she's maybe gone legit or or what. But uh, yeah, Mm. so at the moment it's going to be from um, Victoria Morrow, who exec produced and wrote episodes of the original series. Um, Genji Cohen, who was the original creator of it, was also the creator of Orange is the New Black. I don't know what else she's doing at the moment, because obviously that show's finished. She's not necessarily involved with this right now, as far as we're aware, but that maybe she gives it her blessing. I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. But uh, uh, yeah, the original show, it uh, comes from Lionga- Lionsgate TV. It's stars that are looking to launch it this time. It was on Showtime originally, apparently. It's got the original star. It seems like a continuation. I say, why not? why not indeed why not bring it back Uh, another possible this is more of a remake but there is another possible show coming uh, which is Revenge do you remember Revenge? Uh, yeah yeah again rings a bell it was on E4, I think, ran it over here. Yeah, uh, it was an AB- yeah. ABC drama. It was, the original show was a story of uh, Emily Thorne, who was a young woman who was welcomed into the posh Hamptons community. What the residents didn't realise was that Emily was only there to exact revenge on those who, who destroyed her family. So yeah. that was the the basic setup for that. This is going to be a kind of a continuation, but is not going to have much of the original cast in it. So it's sort of a remake continuation um it's going to follow a young latin ex-immigrant who is guided by one of the original series characters as she arrives in malibu to exact revenge on a slacker-esque pharmaceutical dynasty whose insatiable greed led to the murder of her biochemist mother the destruction of her family and a global epidemic (laughs) (laughs) complicated stuff yes It sounds like it's sort of a Latin retelling of of the, or you know, a retelling of the original story, but with the Latin character as the lead. Mm. Um, although they are saying they plan on on having an original cast member guiding the show, so mm. there'll be a kind of voiceover or somebody appearing on screen. So who that will be, I don't know, but uh, there there is one of the original characters or some of the original characters may be involved but it will be a new story I mean if you like the premise of the original then why not <laughs> that's yeah, what I yeah. say 
So, uh, yes, but that's ABC are looking to bring that back. Premiered in 2011 on ABC originally to an audience of 10 million and was a huge hit. Ran for four seasons before the numbers kind of fell away a little bit, but it did get some awards and nominations and stuff. So, you know, could be one worth bringing back. Yeah, four seasons isn't awful. I mean, it's not amazing, but it's not awful. No, I mean, four, it would usually say if you can get to five seasons, then you've pretty much done your job, I think. Yeah, Yeah. Anything after that's a bonus. The CW is also back in the remake business, this time <laughs> with a remake of a much older show, Kung Fu. Uh, if this sounds familiar, we may have talked about this before, because this isn't the first time they've tried to do this. Yeah, I think it rings a bell from when I've been on the podcast before, actually, Dave. <laughs> yes, so uh, if you're unfamiliar with Kung Fu, the original series starred David Carradine as Kane, a Shaolin monk who treks around in 1880s old American West uh, in search of his half-brother armed with only his skills of martial arts and Taoist wisdom. Uh, The new version follows a young Chinese-American woman who drops out of college to go on a life-changing journey to an isolated monastery in China. When she returns to find her hometown overrun with crime and corruption, she uses her martial arts skills and Shaolin values to protect her community and bring criminals to justice, along with searching for the assassin who killed her Shaolin mentor and is now targeting her. So that's the setup for it. Uh, The version that I think we talked about last time was a little bit similar uh it was it was maybe slightly closer to the original it was actually set in the 1950s i think there was a sibling involved i think in that one but uh yeah this is much more a modern day kind of remake of it it comes from Christina M. Kim, who was writer and again producer on Blind Spots. She will also be potentially EP on this series alongside Blind, the creator of Blind Spot, Martin Grieco. Arrow versus Greg Belanti and Sarah uh, Schnitzner, who uh, are from Belanti Productions, are the production company behind it. So it's another Belanti series on CW. Right. Uh, the guy has like probably about <laughs> half, three quarters of the network at this point. We'll see how this one turns out. It, it's again, it's possible pilot. It may not go anywhere. Uh, this is like the third time I think they've tried it because Belanti's tried twice. There was another version previously as well. There have been various versions over the years, some with Carradine returning as Kane in it, some without. So, you know, um, yeah, there was a version with uh, Brandon Lee, son of Bruce Lee, in it as well, mm. but that didn't get past the pilot. So, um, very interesting. Yeah. So it's a property that's, that's fairly popular popular and fairly well known and you know we'll, we'll see whether it goes anywhere but i mean i like blind spot i think it's a wonderfully silly show and i think this this could work quite well and i like a lot of blanty stuff so we'll see so that's all the news we have for this week let's move on to the interview The interview this week is with the composer George Shaw. Uh, George is best known for creating his viral YouTube hit, Star Wars the Musical, which is is hilarious. If you haven't gone and seen it, go and look it up. It's really funny. He also worked with uh, Marvel's legend Stan Lee to pen the Ode to Geeks. He currently scores the YouTube Premium's longest-running series, Escape the Night, and Will Wheaton's YouTube series, Tabletop, about tabletop gaming. He's a master of creating music in short-form content which is quite different to a lot of the composer guys that we talk to yeah. who are doing long-term shows. Uh, so he was really, really interesting to talk to. He's worked with a whole bunch of, of collaborators. He's got an IMDB list as long as your kind of body he's just he's really nice guy uh we talk about the the, uh, star wars musical a few other of the comedy shorts he's done as well as his work on the uh, youtube premium shows as well so here's the interview with george we will see you afterwards with some highlights for next week on tv 
it's nice to have you on to be able to chat through some of your stuff. I've been watching some of your YouTube things recently, which are hilarious. Uh, so, awesome. <laughs> cool. So before we get into talking about some of that sort of stuff, how did you get into doing it in the first place? You know, it sort of started with growing up, you know, loving John Williams and Alan Menken and Alan Silvestri and all these amazing composers that were doing Spielberg movies and Star Wars and Back to the Future and the Disney animated musicals. And these were things I just grew up loving. So I started writing music when I was 12 and really like gravitated towards writing melodies. And so some of my favorite composers were very strong melodic writers. And so that kind of made me realize that the probably the best place where you get to write melodic music is in films. And, And those were the kinds of projects that I loved watching. So it became obvious that combining my love for music, my love for movies was uh, something I was really interested in. And so everyone said, you have to go to USC and study film scoring because they have the best film scoring program. So I did that and pretty much came out of college doing student films and working on any independent films I could work on. And then that led to working with some people who were making videos on YouTube. And then that led to me now working on Escape the Night for YouTube Premium. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a whole string of of things when you go through your IMDb. It's a ridiculously long list of (laughs) stuff. Um, Because there's a lot of uh, short films and and YouTube things on there. Is there a difference for you working on something like uh, projects that are on YouTube compared to working to standard movie or TV projects? The only thing that's different is just the length and the timing. Um, (laughs) and, And actually, the cool thing about YouTube is that it'll go up online and instantly people are watching it and responding to it and potentially getting thousands if not millions of views but you know it's musically you're trying to tell the story and trying to get in the the space of the characters and trying to tell their story through music and that doesn't change (laughs) I, i guess one of the differences i suppose is the fact that you also get a much more of a reaction out of people when they're watching on youtube because you can actually see them commenting which you don't get as a normal composer i guess so exactly yeah that's i mean obviously these days if they wanted to they could find you on twitter and they can tweet to you yeah. but, uh, but it's sort of less likely because it's so easy to just comment below and and be done with the video you know yeah. um, and it's it's amazing one of the coolest comments i ever saw was it was a, a wong fu productions video it was called these four walls it was basically a silent movie about a pinwheel that was the character <laughs> and uh, someone had written something about their friend being depressed and contemplating suicide and after watching this video and hearing the music they sort of changed their mind and, wow. and that was kind of one of the most powerful comments I've, I've ever seen yeah that's amazing Escape the Night which is the one of the shows that you do for YouTube um, for people that haven't seen it do you just want to explain what the show is yeah so the show is sort of a murder mystery show it sort of starts off with a bit of time travel and our guests who've all been invited to this uh, dinner at a mansion in the 1920s. This is the first season. Find out they are trapped in the 1920s and someone dies and then they have to figure out 
what's going on. And then there's all these supernatural elements and it's sort of shot like an unscripted show, but it's obviously scripted because there's monsters and stuff. (laughs) And basically they go through a series of puzzles and challenges, not unlike an escape room where they have to find their way out and escape at the end of of the season. So, you know, each season takes us to a different time period and through different locations and different monsters and different cast of characters. And so this fourth season is the All-Stars. And so we bring back a lot of favorite people from the last three seasons. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. As a composer, if you're working on a show like that, that must be quite fun because you, I mean, if you're dealing with different time periods and stuff, are you tailoring the music to fit into those time periods as well? I am absolutely tailoring the music for different time periods. So (laughs) the first season is in the 1920s so it has a more traditional classical sound with a little bit of 1920s jazz influence in a few places the second season it goes even further back to the like the victorian era so still a very traditional orchestral sound and then season three well i sort of maintain that orchestral sound for the really kind of dark fantasy moments there's like in the 1970s so i sort of bring in a little bit of disco (laughs) which is interesting writing disco horror music music. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I don't know if anyone else has ever done that before. And then this fourth season, we are actually taken to this uh, museum of the dead. And that's our setting. And the exhibits come to life. And, you know, they deal with dinosaurs and cavemen and pirates. And, um, you know, we go to ancient Greece and, uh, and all these places where they're all in different time periods. So each episode actually goes somewhere different. And we have a different villain. And so I get to write music that not only goes with the sort of time period, but also with the culture. Um, so I, I brought in a lot of world instruments for that. That was a lot of fun. Okay, cool. How are you constructing it? Is it is it instruments that you're playing yourself? Are you dealing with other musicians or is it all done digitally? Basically, everything's done digitally, but um, a little bit is me playing various instruments. Um, there There is a, an episode in the fourth season where there's like a Chinese emperor who is seeking a wife and so there's this elaborate wedding feast and uh, I actually play some Chinese instruments uh, some Chinese drums and Chinese wind instrument called the bawu so I actually recorded that stuff Um, and then there's a little bit of me doing some chanting in the prehistoric episode (laughs) but yeah beyond that everything is basically samples and loops and, and things that I've been able to create digitally in my computer. Awesome. So do you keep themes throughout from sort of one episode to another and, uh, you know, even when you're changing the time period? So you're using the same sort of themes across the different time periods, just changing the instruments and maybe the, the tempos and settings and stuff. I do actually write a new theme for each episode, a theme for each villain, basically. Right. But yeah, for this particular season, I'm not even sure why I did this, but I, I kind of felt like going back to the main theme of the show, the sort of opening credits theme that you've heard since episode one and sort of using that to kind of connect all these characters in in the fourth season because it it does jump time periods and and locations and countries even and so i actually took that main theme and did variations on it and kind of worked it into a lot of the different monster themes in one way or another so that kind of ties that, that whole season together 
Yeah, that's awesome. Escape Night isn't the only YouTube series you've been working on. You also do Will Wheaton's series Tabletop as well. I did the music for the second and third seasons of that show. Right, okay. That's a, basically a, a group of friends tabletop gaming, that, that, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. How was that to work on? It was so much fun. I mean, I, I'm a huge geek. I'm a gamer. I love video games and tabletop games. And I love um, genre content stories and, and all that. So the cool thing was that each episode, there's like a different tabletop top game that they're playing and for most of the episodes I actually got to write a theme for that game <laughs> so that was actually a lot of fun because uh, each game there's like horror suspense stuff there's fantasy there's action spy kind of thriller themes and and so yeah each episode was kind of I got to write a lot of that whatever genre that happened to be so it was like jumping around like each one like writing the theme for a different movie or uh, in addition to that I also got to write a little bit of stuff that had kind of rock elements and then just lighthearted fun moments for the, the more comedic moments of the show so yeah. it was a lot of fun uh, you know getting to see a lot of cool personalities beyond it every episode that was a lot of fun so definitely like just a show that i could just kind of have fun with and just be a geek <laughs> well i mean the fun and the sort of geek stuff is something that you've played around with quite a lot you've got the uh the viral youtube hit which is the star wars musical which is hilarious and uh, such good fun how is that playing around with with the sort of traditional john williams things and then rewriting lyrics and uh, your writing lyrics i suppose in that case yeah the star wars musical you know, I, I grew up loving John Williams and Alan Menken, and I wanted to do a mashup of the two. And so when Disney announced that they were buying Star Wars, I was wanting to to kind of poke fun at that. So I thought, well, what if uh, Star Wars was a Disney musical? Um, and I thought, well, I should just make that. And so I, I started by taking a lot of Disney songs, very well-known things like A Whole New World, yeah. um, and transforming it into a Jedi world. <laughs> And so telling the story of, of uh, Star Wars A New Hope and then, you know, changing the lyrics. And then I also would try to juxtapose some of the Star Wars themes into it, you know, Darth Vader's theme or the Star Wars main theme. And also kind of giving them like Disney-esque fairy tale orchestrations on top of that. <laughs> so it was just like a lot of fun to just poke fun of the two kind of things that really inspired me to become a composer. Yeah. And you did a similar sort of thing with the Netflix musical, which is a sort of parody of Frozen as well. And it's two people kind of yeah. trying to figure out what they're going to watch on Netflix, um, which, again, is also hilarious. So that was that was, again, poking fun at the Disney stuff and, and uh, dealing with Netflix as well. I, I think that works brilliantly, too. I'm sure, that was great fun to do. Yeah, it was. Uh, it sort of started off with me meeting with Krista Sparkles, who plays the, the female lead. And we were wanting to just do a cover of of the music from frozen you know throw it up on youtube but i sort of i get bored with people <laughs> just singing in front of a camera yeah. and so i wanted i always wanted to tell a story and and to to do something more interesting so you know we were just chatting like brainstorming how can we turn this into a story and then i thought of how sort of addicted to netflix i was and still am and talking about like this difficulty of trying to decide what to watch when 
when you have so many options and, and it's, it's actually gotten worse since we yeah. did the video a number of years ago. So we decided, yeah, let's, let's tell that story. And so we took the, the frozen, you know, music and wrote kind of new lyrics to kind of create this was sort of like a love letter to all the fun geeky shows that we would watch or yeah. had grown up watching. So we wanted to kind of pay homage to, to TV and movies in that way. That's how we get with the Netflix musical. <laughs> and you've also had a chance to play around a little bit in the sort of Star Wars universe, albeit with sort of fan films. You did Way to the Rebellion, the, the Star Wars fan film, which is just more sort of allowing you to play in the Star Wars universe with more traditional Star Wars music without the sort of jokes and stuff. Um, yeah. I really like that, that little film. I love some of the Star Wars fan films. They're great. And that one particularly I thought was really good. Was it good for you being able to play around in that universe a bit? Oh, yeah. I mean, my sort of dream project would be to score a Star Wars project. Yeah. And so when uh, Wesley Chan, the director of Wait Till the Rebellion, approached me about it, I was like, I'm totally on board. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. What's interesting about the story is it takes place kind of concurrently with the events of A New Hope. So yeah. he kind of wrote this story where, well, spoiler alert, but um, the, there's a moment where the Death Star explodes in the original film. Yeah. That actually happens, but we see it from the point of view of some people on a distant planet or, or moon that ties it together with what's going on. And uh, it, was, it was actually kind of funny when Rogue One came out because we had already released this. Wes texted me and was like, hey, our videos, our movies actually about like the kyber crystals and yeah. so was Rogue One. It was interesting that those that also coincided. Yeah. But, you know, getting to kind of take material and create themes that sounded like they were from that era of Star Wars when it was being created sort of had the opportunity to record with a live orchestra at Warner Brothers Studios was oh, another wow. amazing thing like I mean I only had 15 minutes to record the music <laughs> so it was a lot but it really gave it like that epic sound so that was definitely amazing yeah it is incredible the amount of effort and work that goes into some of the fan films <laughs> it's just a incredible the amount of stuff that goes into oh them. yeah it's it's a lot of work with no money and yeah pure passion that's what what makes these things work <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> So what has been the most interesting thing you've got to do as your life as a composer? Actually, you know, probably I would have to say the Star Wars musical has been <laughs> the fun project that I had to do because I was so passionate about it. And because in a way, it, it actually became a calling card for me. Like yeah. when I'm, I'm meeting people, it's just something interesting to talk about. Invariably, you know, anyone who's a Disney or a Star Wars fan will go, hey, you have to send that to me. I want to see it. <laughs> so that's that's been great because it really helps me kind of connect with people and I'm not just another composer who's desperately <laughs> seeking work and trying to network with people so yeah uh, yeah it's been a lot of fun having this Star Wars musical project and we're actually in the middle of doing the sequel which oh, is wow. called it's called Empire's New Groove <laughs> it's uh, a five minute musical retelling of Empire Strikes Back and uh, we are hopefully going to release it this December when episode nine of Star Wars comes out or prior to that, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. 
Oh, I am very much looking forward to that. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so last couple of questions for you. The first question is, what TV shows are you watching at the moment? I just finished The Good Place, uh, or season three of The Good show. Place. So yeah. I'm very excited for season four. I hear that's the they're going to wrap it up yeah. and it's going to end. But also recently was really into Handmaid's Tale. Yes. This last season premiere was just heartbreaking. <sighs> and also... Uh, I've just started watching Wu Assassins on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but yes, I've been told it's quite good. For, first of all, it's it's amazing to see a show with such a large Asian cast. Yeah. Actually, I had um, an agent reach out to me saying that the show was looking specifically for an Asian composer. Right. So I actually got to submit a demo for it. So it was, it was kind of cool. But, you know, I, the direction they wanted was more industrial and not orchestral. Right. So I, I didn't get the opportunity to work on it but i'm still like really excited to to see it and yeah. it's so far i've i've probably three episodes in and it's it's been amazing yeah yeah it's one that's on my list of many many things that i've got to get through so <laughs> exactly yeah i've got probably 20 shows i'm really excited to watch i don't yeah. know what will yeah. be next and the last question if you had the opportunity to work on any tv show can be something from the past present or something future what show would it be i would say in terms of future i would love to work on a star wars or a marvel <laughs> movie or tv show even video game like i i love those worlds of superheroes and of sci-fi fantasy and and particularly because Melody is so iconic to those stories and those characters. So I, I want to be able to create iconic themes for these huge franchises. Yeah. Disney are only ever going to keep on expanding this these worlds because yeah, now they've got the licenses for everything. So I'm, I'm sure one has to come up at some point. So <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'll let you go back to your day. Uh, it's been lovely chatting with you. I will look forward to the Emperor's New Groove coming out. I think that should be very fun. And uh, I look forward to that later in the year. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, hopefully you'll you'll enjoy the new Star Wars musical. Look forward to it. Cheers. All right, thanks so much. Cheers. Bye. Bye. So that was the interview with composer George Shaw. You can find the Star Wars musical is up on YouTube. Just go and Google it. Um, uh, Out to Geeks is up on there. Escape the Night is on YouTube as well, and Tabletop you can find on YouTube. So go and go and check him out. He's great. Here's some highlights for next week on TV. <laughs> Highlights for next week. We have some quite big shows returning. We've got the fourth and final season of Man in the High Castle. That is back. Um, I think I'm still a few episodes behind on season three. Mm. I need to go and finish that before I start. This, uh, when you were talking about For All Mankind, where uh, the, the Russians won the space race, it reminded me of this. Yes. Um, funny how it's come up. Is that a fair comparison, do you think? Or is it yeah, different? Yeah, that sort of, I mean, yes, it is. I think, that, you know, in terms of a sort of alt history and why, how it may change trajectory of... American history. I think Man in the High Castle is far more changed than maybe For All Mankind is at the moment. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it is a fair comparison, I think. But uh, that's returning on the 15th of November. So that's on Amazon Prime. And that's been a great series. So I'm glad they're kind of rounding it off at a point where mm. they want to and they're going to get to finish it properly. I mean, four seasons out of a, a Philip K. Dick short story. He's, he's not that going. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good going. Uh, the Hearts Guy, otherwise known as Dr. Dr 
Doctor season three of that is returning to drama on the 16th of November at 10pm. That's the Australian drama about a charming heart surgeon. You can go watch that. Uh, the Crown season three, that is back with an entirely new cast. That is on Netflix on the 17th of November. I'm very much looking forward to this because it's Olivia Coleman and who doesn't love Olivia Coleman? Yeah. So yes, yeah. looking forward to that. That's going to be great. Uh, 17th of November for that. The long, long awaited War of the Worlds BBC miniseries. That's coming on the 17th of November at 9pm to BBC One as well. I'm interested to see this just to see what the adaptation's like. It's only three episodes. It's had fairly mixed reviews. It's fair to be said, I think, of, on the few places that I've seen reviews of it. But I would like to judge them for myself. So we'll, yeah. we'll go and see. But uh, yes, that's coming to the BBC on the 17th of November. Uh, Broken Wood Mysteries, the New Zealand detective drama series that is back for uh, season six on drama. That's on the 18th of November at 8pm. And Ray Donovan is back for its seventh season. That's on Sky Atlantic on the 19th of November at 9pm. You can watch that. And that is everything for this week, unless you've got anything else you want to mention. Great. No, that's it. Uh, make sure you register to vote. That's it. Yes, yes. Register to vote. <laughs> that is true. We're not saying which way to vote, just register to vote for God's vote sake. Vote down. <laughs> yes. Not on the ballot, but yes. Okay. So uh, if you want to find more information, you can, of course, go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and find all the latest air date info and lots of news going up there as well. Want to get in touch with your questions and comments? Email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website page. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektownuk. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.